This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 203, which is first airing in late June of 2021, which is the end of the second quarter, or possibly the beginning of the third quintile in Sarah's system. we're, we're, We're reasonably into the third quintile, though, aren't we? I define the third quintile is the entire time that the kids are off from school during the summer. So yes, we are well into it by now. Although I guess it's regional, depends on where you live. Yeah, yeah. We um, have just finished school as this is airing. My school goes till sort of 17th, 18th of June. We we don't start until I think it's like September 8th this year. So it's uh, (laughs) just, well, because there's Labor Day. We never start before Labor Day. And then um, Rosh Hashanah is right after Labor Day this year. And so we have those days off as well. So, I mean, it's a long way in before we start uh, in September. But anyway, sad to think of September when it's only June now. We're going to be doing a mid-year goal check-in. So excited about that. But before we talk about that, I want you to go listen to another podcast, (laughs) Best Laid Plans. I know a lot of people also listen to Sarah's other podcast, Best Laid Plans. And recently there was a special guest. Which was 
You. (laughs) Yes. We decided to do a, well, I decided to do a planner matchmaking and I felt like Laura was the obvious first victim since she has been using a spiral notebook for her quote unquote planner for quite some time. And I thought she might enjoy thinking about an upgrade. So it is a fun episode. I give her several options to choose from. We will have to update in the future as to what she's actually using because that is yet TBD as we are recording this, but it was really, really fun. So if you want to listen to Laura on Best Laid Plans, it is the June 13 episode and um, we can try to link it up if we remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Sarah recommended four excellent planners for me. And so you'll just have to stay tuned to find out what I wind up choosing and using and turning myself into a well-planned person as a result. But speaking of plans, we're going to talk about our 2021 goals and how they're going and how any modifications we are making, or maybe we forgot what our goals were for 2021 and we started fresh. But anyway, Sarah, what are your, when you do your goal process, especially when you're doing a mid-year check-in, like what are you actually doing? Like what, what are you making lists of? So I wanted to go back and actually look at my yearly goals. Like what had I decided to do in 2021, knowing that by the time this airs, half of the year sadly is over. And so I want to see if it's realistic and kind of where I am in terms of, of reaching those and if anything needs to be tweaked. I'm not really looking to add a bunch of things because really like, you know, you made a yearly goals list. Of course, I'm going to add things to the month or whatever as things comes up, but that's not really my purpose of like when I do like a mid-year review. So primarily I went back to those lists and I think partially inspired by you, I kind of divide my goals up into to sub areas of my life. I have a family list, a blog and podcast list, a real work list, and a personal list. So we can decide how we want to do it, but I can go through basically things that are like already accomplished, things that I maybe don't even want to do anymore. And then a couple of things I've decided to try to to add in as unexpected things came up. Well, let's talk about what you've done. What, what has gotten checked off in the first half of 2021? Yeah. So as you predicted, potty training Genevieve was a nice Woo-hoo! big t- check. <laughs> there are no more diapers in the younger household. Well, that's well, a for, lie. For day, that's a lie. For yes. day, exactly. Yes. One nightly diaper is used, but I can I can hang with that for a while. I do not care. So yeah, that wasn't as, as hard as I maybe thought. I did accomplish having mommy days with each kid. I did that in March. So that during their respective spring breaks, they had different spring breaks. So instead of doing everything as a family, I, I did dedicate three days to one each kid mommying. So that was good. What else did I have checked off here? Well, my habits, I've been kind of consistent with those, like my headspace and Duolingo most days and going outside most days and reading. So I just put checks next to that because I don't see those things changing. I was able to check off a better organization process for our podcasts. I just feel like I now have like a good like active spreadsheets going. I have a good easy way of where I store all my questions. They're not just stuck in my email inbox. I don't know why it took four years to figure that out, but I did. And I did be, I was able to check off going to a virtual meeting. I wanted to go to one meeting this year. Although in retrospect, I hate virtual meetings. I mean, like it's not, it's. You mean a conference, not, not yes. like what Sarah's in like six meetings a day. That's No, I went to a virtual multi-day <laughs> conference But the problem was, well, number one, I personally found it really hard, if not impossible, to decide to dedicate a weekend to that while I'm home. And it happened to be over one of Josh's call weekends. So the question was like, do I hire childcare all day long so I can like watch videos that are like technically being recorded anyway that I could watch later? So no. So of course, now it's been like a month and a half since and I've watched like maybe 20% of this conference 
And it's just like the whole part of the point of the conference is like blocking off time where you're out of the workplace and out of your family place to focus on the content of the conference and network with the people there. And like basically none of that was achieved with this virtual conference. So I don't think I'm going to have that as something I want to do often unless there's some compelling reason anymore. But I guess I can check it off. (laughs) You did it. Well, now you know. I mean, and sometimes these things are about figuring out what isn't really worth it and knowing, and then you release the mental space of it. Do you have a Duolingo streak going? I, I have to ask. No, no. You, I've told you, I don't like streaks. Like, I, I had one for a while, and then I like, sometimes I don't like to do it. I don't always do it on weekends. I'm going to guess that I've done it, I don't know, 200 of the last 240 days. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm pretty good with it, and I will end up building streaks because sometimes I'll do it like 20, 30 days in a row, but then I let it lapse, and I'm like comfortable with that. Same with Headspace. I never have streaks. So I have a little streak story here. My daughter was doing Duolingo and had a streak of 175 days. Perhaps there's a little bit of a genetic (laughs) interest in streaks there. But she had arranged a streak freeze or thought she had for a particular day. And we had bad Wi-Fi where we were and when we were traveling recently. And it didn't go through or something. And so then when she opened it the next time, her streak was at zero. And she, oh my God, it was so tragic. I mean, she was bawling. And I felt so, so bad about the whole thing. But now she's just angry. She, so she went from bawling to unhappy and to, to angry. And now she has told me she's on a Duolingo strike. Not a Duolingo streak. It is a Duolingo strike and she will have nothing more to do with the app. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the downside of streaks um, for those of us who are upholders. If we then lose the streak through something we, we didn't intend to, it can really be a thing. This is why I don't like streaks. Yeah, yeah. I've, I felt really bad in that situation. But uh, oh, well, I guess it, we live and we learn. Um, we'll find some other way to practice Spanish. <laughs> Sorry. All right. (laughs) That is too funny. There's so much psychology there. I mean, like, did you learn any less Spanish if you practice 364 days versus (laughs) 365 days? And I know they have streak freezes anyway. So then it's like, then it becomes really dicey. Because like, if you set up a streak freeze and you didn't practice, you don't, you didn't really have a streak. I mean, I'm sorry, you didn't. You just set up a streak freeze on a game. That's true. There were, there were no streak freezes in my running streak. I will point that out. Yes, because real streaks don't have freezes. I'm not even saying real streaks are great, but like the the Duolingo streaks are are questionable. Yes. All right. Well, then (laughs) it's her strike. All right. So those are the things you've done. Is there anything you've decided you don't want to do anymore that you've, you know, removed from the rest of your your year or your goals as you're paring these down? Yes, I would say yes. So one is that I wrote time block plan on there. I don't really feel like I need to change the way I do my plan. I think I'm really efficient. And like, it's not like textbook time block planning, but what I do is sort of a version of that. And I just, I don't feel the need to like formally change it. So I'm just going to not care about that. And then, oh, I pivoted with my fitness. So I was doing the another mother runner thing, but I honestly felt like I was just getting slower and slower and it was annoying me. So I decided to switch to like a more speed focused running program. And I'm doing like the Daniel, no, not Daniel. Yeah, Daniel's running formula, like red plan or something. My husband, he is like a 
he like ran, you know, quickly, like, like he's won races and stuff. And so he's like, if you actually want to get faster, this is what you should look at. So I was like, oh, and it actually, I feel like it, it does work a little bit. And I also was thinking I might do like the ADD obsession again. And instead I discovered the Peloton workouts, which not the biking. I have no, I just don't want to spin, but I do like their strength workouts and their bar and their yoga and they're great. So and you can get those without having the equipment, right? That Correct. You, yes. No, it's an app that costs basically the same as Beachbody did. It was like, and I canceled that one. So it's like $12 a month for full access to everything. It's, it's really nice. I like it. And what are you doing to get faster in terms of the running? I'm- yeah. So the current phase I'm in, it's like, there's like different parts of it. There's four workouts a week. Two of them have like built-in speed work and I set my garments. What really disciplines me, like if I'm going too slow during the speed sections, it'll start saying too slow, too slow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and um, like your, the current- Your watch is a nag. And, and it repeats. So I'm able to see if I'm making progress. And I was like really excited because yesterday my workout was three temp- miles at tempo. So you do like 10 minute warm up. Then you try to run a mile with your watch yelling at you. And then you get a minute to like break it, like take a walk and recover. And then you do another mile a minute, walk and recover, then cool down. And when I first started the program, I looked back at my Garmin and I like wasn't able to meet the target. And yesterday I was, it was hard, but I was able to meet the target. Ooh. So it was nice to actually see like some progress. progress. That's the awesome. target is not that I'm still like very slow compared to like my version of in shape, but I don't care. I'm like happy. That sounds great. Well, let's take a quick ad break and we'll be right back to hear more about Sarah's goals. Well, we're back doing our mid-year goal check-in. Sarah just said that she is getting faster, meeting her tempo speed run goals <laughs> with her, her new program. Anything else that's that's been changed in the course of the year? No, those are the main changing ones. You know, I put on there that I, uh, the quintessential goal that I always am like, eh, never mind. It's like, oh, I'm going to throw together an ebook. And I don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> It's okay. If you don't want to do an ebook, you don't have to do an ebook. I know. It was going to be like a best laid plans, like highlight one. So I set the bar really low. I was just going to be like, let me just like look at the show notes and basically put together like some stuff. So listen, if somebody wants to write that for me, I'm totally (laughs) kidding. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not entirely convinced that that I will do that. Well, you could hire a virtual assistant for a set number of hours and have that person kind of pull it together and then you'd go in and edit it. A ghost written ebook, maybe. Just throwing it out there. It's true. It's possible. Uh, Well, we will see. We will see. But otherwise, pretty much everything that I wanted to do is either in progress or I still want to do it. And this looks fairly manageable. I actually think I was like, I kept it to like four or five things in each category, which I guess adds up to a lot. But the categories do feel pretty separate. So I think. And then what's coming up in the rest of the year that you're still looking forward to? So it's mostly stuff that just needs to be finished. Oh, well, I want to hear what I'm not looking forward yes, to. Yes, let's do I, that. We still haven't finished our estate planning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so boring. I just, I, anytime, I mean, my husband, I was like, maybe we can do it on our time away. But then. Oh, why like, would you no, want to no, do no. that? No. no, no, no. So we didn't. But then if we're not doing it then, then when are we going to, anyway. Yes. So well, that, you should that's, at some point. Well, we should. We totally should. And it's half done and it's like half paid for and whatever. One of my things was to try to do like a date weekend every quarter. So that's like in progress. We, well, it's not really in progress. So I don't think we did anything with the first quarter, but I will count what we just did as the second quintile. And I'm going to try to do it for the rest of the year. And then my newsletter goal, that's kind of a fun one. My goal was 2,500 subscribers by the end of the year. And I think I was at 1,700 at at like December and I'm at like 21, 23. So I feel like that's 
kind of like in Target. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone listening to this, go subscribe now. Let's get her up over 2,500. It's it's really fun. Or at least don't unsubscribe. Yeah, don't unsubscribe. (laughs) She she sends a nice monthly update on her life, um, new things that she's excited about, any check-ins. And, you know, it's just a fun extra Sarah blogging, but that is the secret blog. (laughs) Yes, maybe I need to reveal some more secrets and tease them. We'll see. We'll see. And that's pretty much, I mean, I have some work projects. I don't need to talk about the details, but they're like in progress. They're cooking and I feel like they're on track. And oh, family playdates. I wanted to do like outdoor playdates, pandemic friendly playdates with multiple families. And I I think we've done two if I really think about it. So I just want to do one more and then I will have met that goal. Yeah, sounds good. Well, so far a successful year. I'm just hoping that the rest will be too. So the way I did this is just... A lot of my stuff is ongoing. There are several big things that need to be accomplished this year. Professionally, my main goal is writing Tranquility by Tuesday. That is my next book, which will be out probably the back to school sort of August, September 2022. So stay tuned for that. My writing plan, I did the research over the course of the year. I did a pilot project in the fall and then the bigger project in the spring had Many people follow these nine time management rules, um, talk about how they worked in their lives, you know, give themselves a time satisfaction score before and after, you know, see the difference. It's exciting. Is self-help helpful? (laughs) Let's hope. Anyway, I've got all my results. And so now I am writing the book and I have set myself a timeline over the summer. Each week I do one chapter, not for the weeks where I'm on vacation or have limited childcare. So it's a steady, but manageable chunk through the summer. And on the weeks when I'm writing, I try to do most of the draft Monday or Tuesday, or if it's a shorter week, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then edit on the other days. And that tends to be pretty sustainable for me. I can crank out, you know, a 5,000 word chapter draft in in a week fairly easily. So, you know, do nine chapters plus an intro and a conclusion that way. And I'll have a book by late August. So far, so good. I mean, as I'm recording this, I've only done the intro in chapter one, but I have in fact done the intro in chapter one. So I feel like this should work. I mean, things can always go wrong, but it's not my first rodeo. So I do feel if I can stick with this schedule and I should be able to stick with the schedule, I will have something at the end of the summer, which is good. I'm super excited for this one because it seems like it's more, it's like, it's like, I love all your time focused stuff, but the fact that there's like a research component to it, I think is like adding another dimension. So in a way, it's probably like already more done than some of your other works where you had to like come up with it. This is more like, okay, I've I've actually discovered some stuff. Like how do I like describe it and communicate it? But yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. No, it reminds me of of I know how she does it that way. That that's true. That I was, was doing like research a lot of time log analysis. But then once I had that, it was, you know, putting writing the book itself was was fairly straightforward it was it was collecting the data that was more the the big part of it and and it's also helpful because i i feel more relaxed in a writing schedule like this because i know that there is a time for future chapters so i'm not feeling like oh my god i'm behind i should be writing chapter six or something like no no i know when i'm going to be writing chapter six and that's not now so i don't need to worry about that like i know if i stick to this schedule i will finish in time I have extra space at the end, so I don't have to. I really like the idea of sustainable pacing, which is that you set a minimum bar. Like I do need to write a chapter a week, but I don't need to write more than a chapter a week. And I think what happens with a lot of long-term projects is people 
overshoot at the beginning and then get burned out or can't keep going or something else makes them fall behind. It's harder to start back up. You are so much better at doing measurable, steady progress, not going over what you can sustainably do, but never going under a certain amount either. So that's in progress. My main personal goal is to finish the house, which is also in progress. Everything is ripped up right now. It's really something uh, looking in there and then sell this current house and move in the course of the rest of the year. So that's, you know, another one that's just big and going to happen, but, very big. Uh, you know, moving on with that. But then I, I wanted to add a new goal, which I don't think I mentioned as <laughs> much earlier, but asking more from my kids. And this had started to come up because, you know, we had a, a child care change recently. We had also gotten weekend child care again. And then that person, I knew it was a limited time thing. She was trying to get a different sort of professional job. And so she was not going to be available. And so that ended too. And now that we have the dog, like the housework has increased. I mean, it's just the dirt comes in. Uh, I don't know what it, and things need to be picked up because he'll chew it if, if they're on the floor. So anyway, long story short, there are needs of things to do. And the question is, well, do I hire more help for these things? Or can I distribute some of this to the other members of my household who are old enough to be shouldering more of it? And so, I mean, I have a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old who's almost 12, a 9-year-old who's almost 10. Those are ages where you can start doing some of those things. So, like, I'm obviously not going to leave the the 14-year-old with the baby all day on, on a weekend or anything like that, but could he watch his six-year-old little brother for an hour? Yes, he can do that. You know, could the kids sweep the kitchen floor where the dirt has gotten tracked in from the backyard? Yes, and they should be doing that instead of mommy doing that. And then, you know, I don't necessarily need to hire more of the cleaning service coming in to do it or have a babysitter for small spots of time on the weekend. So that's the goal. Wish me luck because it's always, you know, a, a matter of continuing to ask for what you need. And I don't think when our, our guest KJ Delantoni, sorry, I always say her name wrong, but uh, KJ talked about in her book, How to Be a Happier Parent, that there's a difference between getting your kids to do chores and getting the kids to do chores without being asked. And a lot of people think that, oh, I should be aiming for the second one. Like they should be doing the chores without being asked, which may never happen. And then you'll just be resentful because you're, the stuff isn't getting done because you think you shouldn't have to ask. But if you just ask, it will probably get done. And so if you, you can decide that that's not as good and that's fine. But if you want the work done, you can also just decide that I'm going to keep asking and that's what's going to happen. So I'm kind of sticking with that <laughs> and uh, wish me luck on, on getting this all done. There was actually a recent Mom Hour episode, How to Find It, that was a lot about this, a lot about how we like underestimate what our kids are capable of and how summer tends to kind of like be a time when it sneaks up on us that like, hey, our kids are a year older. And in some cases, because the last couple of years were so weird, they felt like they just missed like they were thinking they still have little kids and they like didn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that it kind of snuck up on them in a way and that, you know, our bigger kids are capable of, of probably a lot more than we think they are. Yeah. So there we go. We'll, we'll be working on that goal for 
the rest of the year, probably for the rest of the time I have children in this house. (laughs) But uh, we always love doing our goals. We love to hear about your goals. If you're achieving big things this year, things that you thought you would um, that are checked off, great. Things that you've added to the list or things that you, you know, are no longer interested in. Those are, they're all great things. Feel free to reach out to us and let us know. So now our question, Sarah, why don't you read this one? Sure. She writes, she thought we might be interested in this very planning, scheduling-centric question. She writes, my company is allowing summer flex hours this year. I can choose to flex a half day every other week on a consistent weekday for the months of June, July, and August by working four nine-hour days in advance of the flex. This cannot be used during holiday weeks or weeks where I'll be using PTO, and I do have a few long weekends planned. I was initially thinking about doing this and using it every Monday morning, every other Monday morning. I could start the week off with a long run or bike ride and make headway in my reading project for the year, War and Peace. I like the idea of flexing a morning instead of an afternoon, as mornings tend to be slow and meeting free to begin with. I could easily get through my work in an afternoon and my backup person wouldn't need to do much. I might be overthinking the logistics of this and was hoping you could weigh in. If this policy was working four 10-hour days with one full day off per week, it would be a no-brainer for me, or even four nine-hour days with an hour, half hour of flex day every week. But this is every other week, half day, with quite a few exclusions. She said, I'm looking at the calendar and thinking this is requiring a lot of coordination and planning for what will probably amount to like three free Monday mornings. Also, I have six weeks of PTO each year, and I've only used four (laughs) days so far. So I have plenty of time I could just schedule off without needing to coordinate longer days prior. Would it be totally crazy to keep with my regular schedule? Am I overthinking this? What do you think? Yes. (laughs) I think this doesn't apply to you because you have all this PTO to use that it would make sense to just use that first before committing yourself to this uber structured, like longer day thing during your summer. Now, one thing I think we should both give you credit for is I love how you thought about how you would use it. Like the idea that you're going to like schedule these nice, fun mornings for yourself and read into a bike ride. You can keep that. But instead of plugging it into this structure, I say just schedule a PTO day, you could schedule one every week and not make a dent in your six weeks of PTO for the summer. Yeah. Especially if you already have some of the stuff scheduled and yeah, don't take half a day on Monday, take the whole Monday. (laughs) And if you were only going to be getting three of them, like take those three Mondays as PTO and like throw two others in there too. That's five days of PTO. If she's got 30 of PTO, like you're not going to use all of that by the end of the year if you're not careful. So definitely, yeah, don't overthink this. I mean, I want to give a shout out to this company that is at least thinking of of trying to do this. Now, many kinds of work, it's like, what on earth? Like you could just, you know, take a half day off and make up the time later. Like things are flexible anyway, particular people who've been, you know, working from home over the pandemic. I assume that this is a very structured, like somebody has to be in this chair dealing with certain things, like because she's got a backup if she's not there. So it's in this case, it is a set like hourly in a place kind of job. And so her company is thinking, well, how could we be flexible given that our workers are hourly in a chair doing a certain thing that needs a backup if someone isn't there? And and this is a great idea, like saying, okay, well, you could choose, you know, half days off and do longer days than others instead of saying it has to be five, eight hour days each time. So shout out to them for, for trying. But yes, in her case, she should just take the PTO. Yes. I feel like they're trying to make summer Fridays, but in like a bad in like an over, overwrought way. Yeah. But yes, 
I guess you're right. They get a little credit because they could do nothing. They could do nothing, but but they're trying. So love of the week. So readers of my blog will know I went on a shorts rampage slash tangent trying to decide if I can still wear like denim cutoffs. And I decided, and my readers validated that, especially in the land of South Florida and probably in some other regions, why the hell not? Somebody wrote, I think the cutoff age is late 60s. <laughs> so I have plenty of time. And I ordered the A-gold loose fit denim shorts that I read about on, I believe, I don't even know anymore, some fashion blog. I'm sorry that I don't remember which. And they're great. I really like them. I wore them on my vacations. And I am wearing them with my like Birkenstocks that I bought that are basically the same shoes I had in the mid 90s. And so I honestly feel like my outfit is something I probably would have worn as a teen. And I don't, it's fine. I don't care. That's fine. Why not? And the 90s are back. The 90s are back. (laughs) We lived through them the first time. We'll celebrate them again. Yeah, I have not been so successful on finding shorts that I like. I just do not like the way I look in shorts. So maybe I should just admit this and wear skirts or jeans for the summer. But I keep Trying. Jeans are hot. Yeah, but skirts that's are a good. I mean, yeah, skirts would probably be good, but you know, you can't really wear skirts to an amusement park, and so then it's like you know that kind of activity. I don't know. A skirt? You could wear an athletic skirt. That might be really cute. Maybe I don't know. I it's a long topic of why I never like wave shorts look on me, but I tried ordering some and I, they've come in the mail and I, I really it reminded me that I really need to go to stores to try on shorts. Like this is I'm gonna have to return everything. Well, this is a good point to, sh- to shout out Lanny Inlander and her company. She said her business is booming right now. So that's, I'm not saying to necessarily use her as a consultant. It sounds like she's got lots of people working with her, but she said she's going to have a blog post very soon about shorts alternatives. Mm. So maybe that'll be a good thing to look at. Yes, probably what I should be doing. Well, so my love of the week, then I'll do something that is clothes as well, but is not really summary. My American giant hoodies. So I heard about American Giant on the Frugal Girl blog. If people want to go check out the Frugal Girl, Kristen writes about all her money-saving hacks, cheerfully living on less. And, you know, the thing is, I, so I, she's very frugal, as one would be with the name, the Frugal Girl. And I went and looked at these hoodies, and they're $118. I'm like, huh. So if the Frugal Girl is willing to pay $118 for a hoodie, it must be really good. And you know what? They are. They're really good. They're they're nice and thick. They are warm. They are sturdy. And so I bought one in black this winter and was wearing it a lot. And so I wound up with a credit for them because they got caught in that whole USPS ridiculousness of shipping. And so stuff didn't show up when it was supposed to. So I got a credit for them. So I wound up getting a second hoodie. That's a nice pink one. They were doing spring colors. So I'm still wearing them now because it's June and in Pennsylvania, it's still cold in the morning or at night uh, in June. Actually, that will happen for the entire year. But <laughs> so you get a lot of use of your hoodies. For those who do not live in South Florida, or maybe you live in South Florida, but you get cold in air conditioning and you're like, what should I wear? You could go get an American Giant hoodie. And yes, it is $118. So you could definitely find a cheaper hoodie, but I think they were really good. So shout out to Kristen for for talking about them and for getting me to to get one. And I'm really happy with it. Josh actually has one that I bought him for a birthday gift. And I totally got the idea from Kristen as well. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We've been doing a mid-year goal check-in. We will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com. 
or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.